welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Ideas are on seasonal clearance, so get them while they last. Let us know if you use one of our ideas, and we'll give your story a shout-out in a subsequent episode. Once again, I feel compelled to note that, like, season in this case is, like, the year? And by year, I mean any year, whenever you're listening to this. Go ahead and take it. But I guess this is our, our last idea for this season. But they don't expire, so yay! Yeah, okay. that's always a good thing. Alright, so I do believe that this week we're on our regular schedule. So I'm going to introduce myself. I need to remember to do that before doing other things. I'm Atheo, author of a number of stories, a couple in Lit RPG, one that I'm about to reboot again because I realized that what I was writing was um, not actually the interesting through line of the story that I was writing. Okay. Hi, my name is Eunice. I'm most well known for my story Fantasia, which looking back through 2020, I've come out with a grand total of three chapters of. <laughs> so yeah. Through the entirety of 2020, three chapters? Yeah. I thought it was six. No, you know, like, there. so I opened the Patreon this year. And then I let my my patrons vote on which story I would write more. And before I came out with the alternate evenly option, uh, my other story, Turner's Source, was firmly in the lead. Quite frankly, if it fell behind, I would have um, contributed to keep it in the lead. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was pretty firmly in the lead. Uh, <laughs> People who like it, Turner's Source, are the ones with money. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, guys, if you're going to write something, just target people who have money. Not, you know, quality over quantity when it comes to Patreon. When it comes to Patreon, at least. If you're writing for Kindle Unlimited or something, quantity over quality will absolutely win you the day, every time. Yeah. So, you know, know your audience and uh, choose your income sources accordingly. (laughs) Exactly. I do believe that this week is your idea. Yes, yes. This is, a, I guess, a magic idea that I came up with a few years ago. And it has to do with the concept of karma. Like, not, not like the reincarnation type of karma, where if you do bad things, you get reborn as an ant or whatever. But more the concept of what goes around comes around within one lifetime. So, I think I, I stole the basis of this idea from story by Elona Andrews, where uh, your ability to curse people was limited by the fact that you would incur negative karma through the cursing, and then they would come back and bite you in the ass. So then, my logical solution to that is to come up with this system of what I call defensive cursing, which is where you set a spell that doesn't activate until somebody tries to harm you and then the negative karma that they incur by doing that is what fuels the spell therefore allowing you to curse your enemies without incurring any bad karma <laughs> i see so first things first i like that uh all your ideas are from like yeah i had this idea three years ago and then my ideas are yeah i came up with this 30 <laughs> minutes ago in a fever dream 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. But second thing, I think that there's sort of an interesting through line with that idea that you just pitched with like somebody who just isn't mean enough for curses to ever go off. Isn't mean enough. Well, because you said that they have to intend to harm for the curse to go off. Like, what about somebody who just never intends to harm anybody? I guess, yeah, it kind of depends on how you define bad deeds and what your system for incurring bad karma is. Like, I personally, in my, like, ethical schema, I consider, like, bad outcomes to be more important than bad intentions. Oh, well, I mean, in that case, you have something entirely different. But you said that bad intentions were what triggered it, so I was just going off with that. Yeah. Or, like, we could come up with a hybrid system of the two. Where, like, if you cause someone harm, you get bad karma. But also, if you try and harm someone, you get bad karma. And they're, like, multiplicative on each other. So if you try and succeed, it's way worse than just trying or just succeeding. Yeah. And, like, if you try and harm someone, but it doesn't actually work, you know, very little bad karma incurred. I would... I would make it so that they incur about the same amount as if they didn't intend and cause somebody harm. Okay. Because remember that they have to actively try to set it off. They don't have to think about trying. Because if they thought about trying and were punished for it, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be okay with that. But like, if they actively try to harm somebody, I feel like they should get punished even if they fail. Okay, we'll have a hybrid system. Because I don't believe in people who who are incompetent and just. Going about being a walking disaster, getting away with it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really talking about somebody who was a walking disaster, but, you know, that's a fair point. <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking the main character would be this this person who has this cursing ability. And, like, they they usually make money by offering to cast this defensive cursing on rich people and their families. <laughs> You know, I see. But that being said, like if you if you want this defensive cursing to work, like you yourself can't have a negative karma balance. Wait, so does does cursing somebody not count as intent to harm? So she like the the main character. Let's just go with she. I heard you start to say that. Okay, yeah, I said she. Like, if she curses someone with the intent to harm them, yeah, that would give her negative karma. But if she sets, like, a just a, a preset curse that, that won't go off unless somebody else's karma kicks in and pays for it, then she doesn't incur any, any negative karma. I see. Well, you essentially pay forward by going, hey, this doesn't happen unless you do a bad thing. And yeah. If you do the bad thing... You yeah, get it with whatever the curse is. Yeah, as well as defensive cursing. So like she's a she's a specialist. Most cursors they like they try yeah they they just actively curse people and and like try and do finicky things like you know donate lots to charity and stuff like that to try and like even out the karma. You know what this sounds like to me? This sounds like a huge political game of just like moving pieces everywhere and you never know who you can trust or what's going on yeah and like there's no way to like 
see someone's karma balance until like a curse is cast on them. And even then, it's not a direct vision. It's just how bad is the curse? Yeah. So like, it's like every time she agrees to do it for a client, like she makes them like sign an agreement saying that like if this curse rebounds on them because they have a super negative karma balance, like she's not liable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not liable if you screwed somebody over and now you're coming to me to try and prevent them from taking back the, the damage and it hurts you. Quite frankly, that's your fault. Yeah, you deserved it, honestly. That's what karma's like. <laughs> so, like, generally speaking, like, her clients will protect, like, their loved ones but are too chicken to, like, do it for themselves because, like, you know, in the realms of, like, business and politics... And probably crime, like they're 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 not sure that their balance is so neutral. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> what that that whole thing does. That's why that's why this whole thing would be interesting. Just sort of like an ongoing, like everybody's getting cursed and nobody really knows what's going on. <laughs> I do think that like just like an interesting midpoint would be just like you go to curse a politician and it like turns out that. They don't actually have negative karma. Yeah, sometimes that will happen. Like, if someone hires a, a cursor to, to curse their enemies, but the other person has, like, really good karma. Curse fantasy Bernie Sanders. Yeah, it'll basically just rebound on, on the curse caster, because basically... On the curse caster or the one hiring the curse caster? The curse caster. If, if it's, like, an active curse spell, then it's the curse caster. But if it succeeds, like the one who hired them will get some of some negative karma. I see. That has major downsides for the person casting then. Like you can't like you know disavow responsibility for negative karma by going through minions. Like you still accumulate it. Do you accumulate it at full strength, or do you accumulate it at partial strength? It probably depends on how much you have to force your minion to to do it. Well, I wouldn't say force. Like, the problem is that you have that whole human issue with authority, where people just follow authority because it's authority. Yeah. I mean, it's very hard to quantify how much karma people have. Yeah. Positive or negative. I mean, it's really... Back to, like, just because humans are so prone to following authority, I would think that, like, it would essentially be, like, in the upper 90% of what your subordinate would get you get just to prevent people from like ah, i only get 50 percent, so i always assign minions to do things and i spread it out among my minions so that none of the minions ever have too much yeah no i don't i think if you're ultimately responsible you get pretty much a full dose of karma like people can't haven't really been able to state if it's like 100 percent or 90 but it seems about right <laughs> all right so, we know we've got a political intrigue story. We know we've got our main character. How do we want the main character to be dragged into this? Okay, I think she gets hired by someone who just, based on what everyone knows of their of their you know career, probably has like a very very negative karma balance, and like she's hired to basically like clear his karma balance <laughs> hired to make somebody into a good person 
Yeah, and it's just hilarious because it involves like actual like behavior and moral change. <laughs> Even if not like literally moral change, at least practical moral change. Yes, pragmatic moral change. It doesn't really matter if you don't truly believe. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're a good person in your heart. What matters is you don't screw anybody else over. Yeah. Like, she's not hired to cast a defensive curse, but just because of her specialty, she's, like, the most adept out of anyone at figuring out exactly what someone's karma balance is and, like, ways to, like, mitigate it and and stuff like that because she actively manipulates people into having neutral karma balances all the time. Yeah. Okay. I think I like this. So, you know, like, they have their first meeting and she's like... Dude, like, you don't understand. Like, there's no way I can make you neutral. And he's like, I will pay you, like, $500 million. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, but, like, if you fail, it's your own fault. I don't believe you understand. I'm willing to put out my entire <laughs> fortune for this. And then, you know, their first trial, like, she curses him with, like, a very, very small curse. Like, acne or something. But he just gets, like just to test out what his balance is, and he just gets covered in boils, like he's, he's got the I don't know if I'd play. go for acne, I might go for, like, itching. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even worse in reality, way funnier. Okay, but... A curse of, like, minor itching that should make, like, your upper forearm itch, like, very slightly, just for, like, two hours. But it's just like his entire body ends up looking like it's covered in mosquito bites and he just <laughs> is suffering a lot. Exactly. Ends up in hospital for three days. All right. So first things first, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> and then she's just like, how many people did you have killed? I'm not sure. <laughs> Sometimes he's just ordered to have, like, an entire organization destroyed without having knowledge of exactly how many people are in that organization. Exactly. Oh, you know, terrible person, pragmatically becoming at least neutral. (laughs) I like Uh... it, I like it. And because he's trying to become neutral, he, like, divests from a bunch of his evil shit. But doing that also takes away his layers of protection. So he's essentially being constantly chased down by the enemies he made over time. And that's how we get our main character involved in the political intrigue. Because she wants her money. He wants to not die. And also to be neutral. Yeah. So she starts by like asking for like a detailed overview of what exactly he's involved with at the moment. And then it's just like you know, with a red pen saying, nope, divest, 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 divest. And then, like, he's like, well, what's left? And there's, like, one company left. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not even, like, a super, like, reasonable one. It's, like, a medicine company that sells medicine really cheaply, but also just murders opponents. It saves as many people as it hurts, so it's actually neutral. It's like, that business uh, is for money laundering. (laughs) Well, quite frankly, it's the only one that you can keep. Well, you better figure out ways to make it profitable. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. 
And then, yeah, so just like major waves through the political and economic spheres. <laughs> so the big one that I, that I want to ask is, why is he trying to become karma neutral? That's a good question. I think there's two options here, right? Yeah. And the first one is that, like, he was just raised into this and, like, grew up like it and has come to, like, yeah, I don't actually want to do this. It was kind of a shitty thing to do. And then the other one is, like, he's been cursed with a time delay curse. And it's supposed to be, like, a moderate curse, but it is just going to kill him. Yeah. That was my idea, too, that, like, he knows he he's about to get hit with a curse, and he doesn't want to die. Like one of those fairy godmother curses. Okay, you have three months to become karma neutral, or you die. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think we would, he would kind of keep that to himself. He wouldn't explain to her why he wants to become karma neutral. Yeah, from, from her perspective, he, we don't necessarily know. But from yeah. the writer's perspective... You should know these things. And then, I don't know, she would, like, dive into his life and look for, like, some goodness. <laughs> Is there any place where you are not awful? And he's like, well, I pay my employees well. <laughs> I don't beat my kids. He's <laughs> like, it's like, okay, that's a start. That's a, that, that, that's a start. Doesn't... <laughs> We will consider that step one out of 300. <laughs> it's it's true, you know, he doesn't do away with his minions for no reason. His minions are not allowed to murder children without asking him first. And usually he says no. <laughs> <laughs> usually. You know, sometimes there's a plucky upstart hero with a magical sword or something, and really they just need to die. I'm not actually saying that, like, for the world, because I don't know if the magic system would necessarily support that. You know, it's it's the, um... It's the sentiment? There we go. I forget words. Yeah, you do. <laughs> That's why you're the word person. I'm just the bad ideas person. <laughs> that's, that's true. And then... I don't know. What does he do? Start throwing fundraisers and charity events? See... I think that, like, fundraisers and charity events kind of, like, shouldn't work that well. Or at least they're, like, really inefficient. Because you're supposed to just, it's like, to get to a positive balance, you're supposed to help people, not, like, throw a fundraiser to make your name better. Yeah. Okay, so this guy, he's not, like, evil. But he's kind of, like, I would say, true neutral. You know? Like, he just does the things that he needs to do to get what he wants. Well, I think more of like a more of like a lawful neutral raised in an evil place. Okay, yeah, something like that. And so like if, when she tells him like you literally just have to help people as much as possible. He just like sets his goal to like do that in the most efficient way possible. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about literally a lot of the time, the best way to help people is just to, like, give them money, like, on a personal scale, and not, like, charity. <laughs> not, like chari not, like, charity where you're at least giving them things. Yeah. So, like, he basically just goes into, like, the primary literature on poverty, and, like, just starts, like, doing the things <laughs> <laughs> that all, all right. the scientists so have the said works. only way... 
to counteract your negative balance because it's so high is to just eliminate poverty. <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> yes, this makes sense. I will do that now. And then she's like, you know, I wasn't actually serious about that. He's like, I got six months. I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's just like very overconfident. And and then he just like straight up just starts like pouring money into like giving people basic housing and like education, like primary education and like breakfast programs and emergency aid for people who are in tough situations. And then he also starts like lobbying for laws that I. Oh yeah, because systemic change would just be like massively in the positive balance. And then, like, nobody, like, who's ever known him has any idea what's going on. Exactly. And, but he, he does it with the same ruthlessness as, as he's done everything <laughs> else in his life. I mean, I don't know how else you would go about it. Because that's just, like, the only way he knows things. And, like, that's very, very funny is to have this, like, ruthless, cutthroat, underworld boss who is now a lobbyist for the people yeah and he's just like crushing his former political allies and like nobody can understand what's going on (laughs) oh man it's very funny but in like a tragic way where like everybody's dying yeah and then like she's just like watching the news Going like what 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 is happening? In horrified glee. Like she's she's like in awe. She's like he, oh my god, like he's eliminating poverty. He literally assassinated half the government. Uh, and then like yeah, and he is like picking up a little more bad karma by the way that he's accomplishing it. But like overall he's actually quite eliminating how much debt he has. <laughs> Like, he's like, yeah, I had to assassinate two people to get this law through. Do you think that's okay? And then she's just like, well, I mean, net positive, but really? Really, dude? <laughs> he's like, but they, were, they just wouldn't change their minds. And she's like, I mean, I don't want to condone murder, but also, like, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Very painful. <laughs> And then, yeah, so she's, like, she's having this, like, moral crisis because it's, like, you know, the means to an end. (laughs) Oh, my God. A means to an end that is literally magically enforced to be good. And then, you know, like, like a a few months later, he's like, okay, I, I think, like, it won't be completely done, but I think we're on track to eliminate poverty in the next five years. Like, what's next? (laughs) And then she just has a moment of like, there's nothing next. You're fine. And she's just like, um, like she 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 doesn't want to tell him that he probably already has eliminated his debt, so she just like goes on like the World Health Organization website and goes, hmm, <laughs> what's the next global problem we should solve? I think, I think maybe that's not the way to go about doing it. <laughs> I also think that it would be fairly likely that he just, at some point, convinces himself that, wait, I'd rather do this than the thing I was doing before. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like he's just someone who's, like, 
he's always thought, okay, I'll just do things that are good for me. But, like, it doesn't really bother him to be nice to other people either. Yeah. He's just like, okay. Like, <laughs> after a while, the public-facing parts of what he's been doing, like, get traced back to him, and the media just holds him up as, like, this... <laughs> this idol of a man and he's just like yeah that's not really what my intention was but you know what i can live with this yeah and then he realizes that like having a like positive karma balance is is actually beneficial like if people try and curse him not only will it not work like it will rebound and stuff like that he's like okay i can do this maintaining a positive karma balance is pretty easy actually (laughs) (laughs) pretty easy he says (laughs) Okay, I like this. This is pretty funny. I I think I really what I really enjoy about this is like that contrast of like being near him and it's just like blood and darkness and then like every time you hear something on the news it's like, "Oh, and by the way, all these people are now alive because of this random thing." Yeah, his next goal is like, "You think I should start like trying to cure incurable diseases?" And just like, "Uh, do you want is, to do that?" Like what? What do you think would be like the most high yield? <laughs> Diabetes. <laughs> he's like, okay. <laughs> you know what? You're right about that. <laughs> so many people. I don't know why I didn't think of it before. <laughs> yeah, he's like, think of all the complications I could prevent. <laughs> he's like, oh, this is excellent. Great idea. Thank you. I'm gonna add another five million dollars to your bonus. Even better. I can make it profitable. <laughs> I can sell the cure, and as long as I only make a small profit, then I won't get too much negative karma. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't even think there would be, like, anything negative attached to, like, a small profit. It's when you start getting exorbitant that it's like, and you're actively harming people. Exactly. Yeah, just, make, just you know, selling it at a small profit, he's, he's basically neutral. I mean, even selling it at, like, a notable profit to, like, a government that could afford it is, like, nothing. Eh, well, he's like, well, I don't want to raise the cost of healthcare. Yeah, well, because the thing is, like, he's punished for actively harming people. So if he does something that, like, helps people and then nobody's actually harmed by it, even if it's, like, really good for him, then, then he wins out in the end. Yeah, no, I'll just say he sells that at a small profit. And then he's like... He's like walking away and he's just like, and if I give like, if I give it away for free to those people who really need it on a compassionate basis, I can get even more karma. <laughs> and then she's just like staring at him like, what have I created? <laughs> it's, it's a monster, but like, I don't want to stop it. <laughs> and then, okay, so I feel like this story would take place over like, probably five years and then what's funny is like the deadline to his curse was like way earlier than that but like he never told her when the curse was gonna go off so like she doesn't really know like what she's still working towards she doesn't know the curse has already rebounded and then you know after five years she's like what what are we still working towards? Like I'm I'm almost entirely certain you have the highest karma of anyone on the planet. And then he's like, you know, nothing. <laughs> yeah, like uh I I was cursed. Frankly, I just kept doing it once I was already started. Uh. Yeah. 
And then she's like, oh, then why are you still paying me? And then he's like, uh, well, you're still giving me advice. <laughs> and then... I have been paying you on a consultancy basis, obviously. <laughs> and you have continued consulting. She's like, but you don't really need me anymore. And he's like, eh, you're fun to have around. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an ending, though. Yeah, I mean, this is where I would stick my romance in. Yeah. Because, hey. As you know. I don't know, actually, <laughs> I don't actually like a romance between them. Because they seem more like the business partners and friends type than the romance type. I don't know where you're seeing romance here. I'm just seeing good friends. I see romance everywhere. I'm aware. I don't know why. Because it's cute. <laughs> it can be, but in this case, I just feel like it's a better story if they're just not romantically involved with each other. I mean, you can we'll let whoever writes this decide. Yeah, that's true. All of my stories involve a romance around the main character, so... And you don't need to take my advice. Quite frankly, if you are taking my advice, then I have a couple of questions for you. First and most importantly, why are you listening to somebody who exclusively reads tiny works that nobody's ever heard of? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to choose between what I write and what, what Athea writes in terms of profitability, you should probably just go with what I write. <laughs> <sighs> I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm not actually hurt. That being said, my model of like two co-main characters is not actually a common model. Anyways. I mean, so, I've seen it before. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's common in romance. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's like common in, in like fantasy. Or, well, I mean, a lot yeah. of fantasy stories have romance in them, even as like a subplot, so... But uh, it's up. It's up to you guys if you if you think a romance belongs here. That's why you're the writers, and we're just the idea people. Well, yeah, that that's kind of the end. It's happily ever after. I do think, like, probably the most interesting part of just this whole story is that whole contrast angle of like, it's really dark and messy and dangerous to be in it, but like the outside consequences are good. Yeah. You know, like, you could take this to be a very comedic tone, or you could write it as a more of a psychological and dark-feeling story. And quite frankly, if you do write it as a psychological and dark-feeling story, it's best to have a comedic beat or two in there anyways, because people can get fairly burnt out by constant tragedy and darkness. <laughs> yeah, and if you write it as a upbeat story you can add moments of seriousness exactly you know, for contrast light and shadows when um, it's light between the shadows the world may never know <laughs> so we've come up with the magic the main characters the world is probably some sort of urban fantasy world i would say yeah fairly similar uh, to the modern day just so that you don't have to go into explaining things yeah you know that's not the main main point of the story if you're not someone like me, you may have to do some research as to the root causes of poverty. <laughs> and uh, a number of other things. If you really want to get on your political soapbox, this is also a fairly good one. But uh... <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to go with like these politicized ideas that are 
based on not scientific nonsense, it's going to end up being a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Just saying. You know what? We could say right now that if there's some, that if you write this particular idea and there's some counter reality stuff in there, we may not speak as positively about your story when we mention it. Because I will be reading, if you submit a story to us, I will be reading it first. And then I'm going to bring an honest review of what I feel like on it. I'm not just going to say it. I'm going to read it. I am going to come to a set of conclusions. And I am going to speak those conclusions into the podcast when we bring up your story. Now, if those conclusions are good, it will be positive things. If those conclusions are bad, it will be a few negative things and a few positive things. Yeah, I, I personally don't put up with nonsense that defies the scientific consensus without new evidence yeah rigorous so if there's nonsense i will call it out as bullshit (laughs) yeah that's fair enough so i do believe though that that is the end of today's episode you have everything you need to create your defensive cursing story and by defensive cursing we actually mean cursing that only works on people who do bad things what what? It's not really defensive. It is defensive. I mean, it's defensive of, like, people, but it's not defensive of, like, yourself. But it harms the people who are trying to hurt you. Yeah, I mean, it can. But it can also just, like, not harm the people who are trying to hurt you because you're doing enough bad things that your negative outweighs it. So it's not really defensive so much as it is, as it is like, limited. It's defensive of the world. It's not so much defensive of the individual. It can't protect you from yourself. (laughs) There we go. There's the best kind of defensive. You can't be protected from yourself. You can be protected from other people. So, if you like this story, email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you have ideas, that's also where you email us. So we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Next week with, hopefully, a guest. We'll see how that works out. It may work out, it may not. But regardless of how it works out, we'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye.